Record and talk protectors. Eric, how you doing today, man? Good, good. How are you today? 12 years as a Navy SEAL, huh? Well, I mean, technically 11 and a half. Well, a little more than 11 and a half, but yeah, it's just easier to say 12. Oh, yeah, believe me, I understand that. And plus, you have all the training and all the other 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 fun stuff the Navy SEALs do. So what was that like? I mean, where'd you grow up? Let's get that 30,000 foot overview of your background and then we'll sure, jump into yeah. it. No, I uh it's a funny story, really. I did. I grew up on a farm in Iowa, and uh, you know, I never even, never even saw the ocean until I joined the Navy, and uh, <laughs> you know, let alone swam in it. And so, when I uh, went to college for a year, got bored with it. Was trying to play football, did not do great. Uh, but I saw a movie about the SEAL teams when I was a freshman in college, and I joined the Navy on a bet that I couldn't become a Navy SEAL. And uh, what was the movie you saw? And don't even, oh, was it Charlie Sheen, Navy SEALs, or was it? Yeah, know? it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were watching that one, and I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to go do that. So, anyway, long story short, someone's like, someone said there was no way I could make it because I wasn't, you know, big enough, which everyone thinks these SEALs are all these big guys. They're really not all of them are. You know, most of us are pretty average, you know, 5'10, 180 pounds. So, it was a, uh, you know, Anyway, I joined the Navy on a bet that I couldn't be a SEAL. I stayed in for almost 12 years until I got medically retired. And then, uh, yeah, hadn't, uh, learning curve was steep. I'd never seen the ocean before buds. And I think wow, maybe the third, it's like the third or the fourth time that I got on an airplane. I was, you know, I jumped out of it. So <laughs> that's awesome, man. Now that that's a good story, you know, cause every yeah. time I talk to a Navy SEAL, it's always like, you know, I was born and bred in the ocean. And, you know, the only thing I ever want to do is see air and land, mm -hmm. but with you, it's like never seen the ocean. <laughs> that must've been very interesting, especially yeah, I, San Diego, man. Cause I worked out in San Diego for a bit and that's a, that is a different ocean than what a lot uh, of people on the East coast think. Yeah. Yeah. My, you know, my ocean experience was, you know, I was kind of thinking it would be like Baywatch and be nice and warm and sunny and, you know, the water appeared to be warm, but it was definitely not the case. San Diego is cold water. <laughs> and the, the close proximity to Tijuana doesn't make it quite the cleanest water in the world either. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit different there. So you get out of the seals and, you know, you're transitioning and we all know transition's tough. You know, I've done it a, lot, a ton of people I know have done it and it's not easy, especially when you don't really expect to. And like you said, you had medical problems what was that transition like um yeah it you know it was hard I, I tell people um i would say it was honestly in many ways it was easier for me to go and become a navy seal than it was for me to leave the military now physically it's daunting to go through Bud's training and make it and become a seal. And it's oftentimes it's even, it's as challenging or more challenging to remain a seal, right? Like it's a, it's not like the challenge stops once you, you know, have your trident, it's still a hard job to do. Um, but 
as I'm kind of looking back now and, you know, I've been out for 10 years now, uh, I have the benefit of hindsight. I look back and it's, I would say that that transition from, you know, from the SEAL teams, just the military in general, but specifically from the, from the, you know, the SEAL teams was harder for me than it was to become uh, a Navy SEAL. So it's been harder to become like a, a civilian or a private citizen just because of the, you know, the transition and all the challenges that go with it. It is, you know, they, they have the transitions assistance programs, but a lot of them don't prepare you for what the reality of is. I remember when I was, when I was first, the first time I went in the army, the army was in the nineties. And I remember I was going to get out and I remember my captain sitting in front of me goes, you're never going to make it on the outside world. You got to reenlist. And I was like, Hmm, I'm going to do it. Uh, you know what? I jumped out, and I, but I didn't know what the heck I was doing. My first thought was, heck, I'll become an EMT. And then I'm like, yeah, then I'll become this, I'll become that. It, but it takes a while. You stumble a lot more not knowing how to transition. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's uh, in the military, it's kind of nice, you know, especially as a young enlisted guy. Uh, you, you don't really have to tell, you don't have to decide what you're going to do. Someone's telling you. <laughs> All you have to do is uh, you, you have to perform. You show up on time with your gear and, and do well, you'll, you'll be fine. And, you know, I didn't have the, I didn't have, uh, you know, the job lined up and stuff like that. Part of, part of the problem was I had, uh, I didn't have, you know, nowadays they do a lot better, but people tend to have like a twilight tour, right? So if they know they're going to get out, they set their last duty station up to be, you know, a two year plus stint doing kind of an easy job during which time they can work on college or work on networking and things like that. Uh, I didn't have that opportunity because of my, you know, right before a deployment, the Bureau of Naval Medicine said I couldn't deploy anymore. And, uh, you know, I was coming up on the EAOS and all that. And so I had a med board. I got medically partially medically retired. Right. But I only had like a, it's kind of like a six month warning. So that's not much time to go figure out your next move. And and I didn't even, I didn't even get a rating from the VA for like 10 years. So it was just, you know, they do it a lot better now. Um, but it, it, it was tough and I didn't have, you know, I didn't have a job to go do. Um, there's a, like, the things that are challenging about leaving the military and, and especially, you know, the SEAL community, right. Is you lose your team. Um, you kind of lose your mission, uh, lose your ability to, if you don't have a job lined up, you lose your ability to support your yourself and your family. And then, you know, obviously uh, when I was a SEAL, like I defined myself as being a SEAL. So when I, when that was taken from me, I lost my identity. So it's a loss of team, a loss of a, of a purpose, uh, a loss of a job or ability to make money. And then that big one, that identity. So you have to find the, you got to just figure that out. <laughs> it's it. There's so many people that have gone through it. There's a lot of different programs out there to help. But the other thing is you don't know about them. Like there's a lot of or American corporate partners, hire heroes, all sorts of things that will help you yeah. get to the next step. But there's the networking is huge. And if you don't know you're getting out, you don't know whether to build that outside network. Because like you said, your, your whole community, your whole team, your whole everybody is it, it's internal. It's all like 
current active seals. And then when you're getting out, you're like, huh, I think I know a guy or girl over here that did something about this. Maybe I'll link up with them. And then you got to build the relationships. It's tough, man. Well, and it's not like when you're in, um, you know, you're not, they're not sending you to conferences to go network for your time on the outside. Like, unless you're, you know, unless you're in that twilight tour, right. And you got that two to three year window and you're going to college and you're going to some, you know, little events and meeting people that, and you have a little more time. Uh, I didn't get that. And I think that, you know, on the whole, like the military is doing a much better job now, but you know, this is what happened to me in 2010. And, you know, they're getting there. They're getting there. And a lot of it is the stories like these that come back and we talk about them on podcasts and the news, or we talk about them here and there mm-hmm. and we get the message out there. And then there's more people like, look, your network is now part of my network. Cause you've been on my podcast. We talk, you know, we, we build rapport. Next time you look at my guest list, you're like, Hey, Jason, can I talk to that guy or girl? And I'll be like, Hey, yeah, sure. And then if I look at defy, I'll be like, Hey, you know what, what do you got going on over there? Yeah. You might want to check this thing out. So that's the, the big thing is just the networking and not being uh, an idiot about it and not always being about the ask. It's always about, yeah, you know, like, and it's hey, hard. It is hard to do. Right. And, mm-hmm. and it's not the nature of my job in the military, of, you know, being a seal, this was, you know, it's relatively private, top secret, whatever. We, like, it's not like we were encouraged to network. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, go to go to you know, like I'll just give a dumb example, but go to the shock show and meet people. Like that was never <laughs> something we we were even allowed to do. Yeah, exactly. I um, yeah, and you know, you're speaking of like the shot show and networking and all that. That brings us up to your, you know, it defy. Mm-hmm. business ownership. Um, I find so many people with the military background, especially in the soft community, get out and become small business owners. Mm-hmm. And they had, cause it's a new mission. It's almost like, it's like op planning. It's like planning for your planning, the, you know, actions on the objective and stuff like that. It's the same type of thing. You're always, when you're doing small business, you're always looking at all the different angles, promotions to this, to selling, to marketing, to this and that and everything else. And then building it, and it becomes your mission. I know you, you've been out of the service for a while, and but yeah. where, when did the when did the compass of, hey, I want to be a I want to be a, a small business owner, I want to be an entrepreneur. When did that come in? Well, uh, you know, part of it was like my trajectory has been um, when I got out. I of course did some security consulting, like all you know, spec ops guys do for a little bit. Um, we found uh, we were teaching people how to shoot and one of the ranges we took people to wouldn't allow us to draw from a holster. So we raised money and opened our own gun range, myself and a business partner. So I, I owned and operated a gun range for a while. Um, still a part owner of it, but like that was kind of my day job for a few years. And then I left that and I went to, uh, you know, as a kind of a silent partner, I went and ran a fitness company for a while uh, called Strong First. We taught people how to do kettlebell stuff, right? So mostly kettlebell stuff. We did barbell stuff too. So I had, uh, you know, two passions there, right? Firearms and fitness. And then for about three years after that, I was uh, the director of training for the NRA. So I got back from 
you know, firearms to fitness, back to firearms. And it was a combination of following passion and following, you know, opportunity, right? Um, I think, you know, I think it's, I, I think it's important before I go any further, like whatever worked for one guy doesn't always work for another guy, right? Oh, that's so, the truth. That with advice, take, you know, I talk to, I talk to veterans whenever I can about, you know, their, how, what to do when you get out of the military. Uh, I don't, I certainly don't claim to have it figured out and what worked for me <laughs> has, it hasn't been easy. Uh, but I, I tell people like, d- doesn't mean it'll work for you. You know, you got to find your path, but if you can learn from any of my, you know, my mistakes and it can help you, then that's great. But, you know, having well, that, uh, having that kind of in mind, uh, you know, follow your passion and, and follow your, you know, your, whatever opportunities, uh, whatever doors are open. Well, the other thing is sparking interest, you know, like every yeah. time I have these conversations with like you and stuff like, huh, you know, I'm, a lot of my interests are, you know, for one firearms, I love firearms Two, podcasting. Um, I always tell people, I'm like, you can never have too many guns, knives and hats. I love all three. But now the new thing is like, and when I saw that I was going to interview you about Defy, I was like, you know what? My son and I now go to the gym. He's 13. Yeah. I pick him up from school. We go to the gym, we work out and he's so into fitness. Yeah. The fitness, fitness, fitness. I want to talk fitness. I want to talk fitness as a father. I'm, I'm damn near 50 years old now. Okay. Uh, I'm not working as, as, as smooth as I used to, but let's talk about Defy and where'd that come yeah. from? Cause like your background is a lot within that dynamic community. And you have a different perspective when it comes to fueling your body. So let's, let's talk about that concept. Yeah, no. So back to the, I mean, kind of the main point, like if I'm the chief operating officer of beverage company right now, um, Defy. And if you would have asked me when I was in the military, that that's what I thought I would end up doing, you know, I, no, you just never know. Right. So back to the, Briefly, back to the little podium and the advice. Like I talk about following your passions and then following your opportunities. You just don't really know how things are going to work out. And I like feel very, you know, a combination of passion and opportunity for me now to have this, you know, amazing job working with with a new team, right? You got to find your purpose and find your new team and find your, your, your way to provide. Uh, and that's what I'm doing right now. Uh, but as far as, uh, as far as fitness goes, um, and fueling, like we have, um, we have CBD products. We were launched primarily as a CBD, uh, you know, company. We had tinctures and balms and then a most notably a CBD beverage. And that was in 2019. And our CBD beverage at the time, it was at the ECRM, which is like a trade show, one, uh, CBD, new CBD beverage of the year. So we came out of the gates firing and, uh, since then, we have kind of expanded the product line to include a non-CBD kind of uh, sports drink. That's so it's a it's a lightly caffeinated uh, drink called Boost. It's got some immunity uh, blend in it as well. And then we have a, a, a performance water uh, right here, uh, like a nine nine point five pH performance water, and then. Probably our, you know, kind of primary and what the product we're mostly known for is the CBD recovery drink. So that recovery drink, it's a, it's a drink that has CBD infused into it. And our founder, one of our founders, Terrell Davis, uh, former Denver Bronco, 
Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, you know, he he was a running back for, you know, I think like eight years for the Broncos. Uh, obviously, he's a two-time Super Bowl champion. He was an MVP, Hall of Fame. But in 2017, he was working out, trying to work out, and he just hadn't been able to work out in a while because of the pain, um, you know, from playing. And after trying some CBD, he was able to work out again. So he wanted to bring that he wanted to bring that opportunity to other other football players, but then just people who really, you know, overdo it or have overdone it in the past. So that's kind of uh, where that's where this whole thing started. And now, you know, now he's in the best shape he's been in in a while, and uh, it's helped me as well. And I'm I'm over here on my phone scrolling through the drink defy. So it's drinkdefy.com. Yep. Uh, you know, I'm going to do it like this way. Delta Romeo India, November Kilo Delta Echo Fox, right? Yankee boom. Dot com. There we go, man. There we go. And then, you know, I like the idea of like, cause I, I can't take the CBD yet. Cause I'm still a fed. Unfortunately, so anybody right. out there, we need to legalize it. But the boost in immunity, I'm really, I'm very interested in a nine CBD products as well. But yeah. also for the CBD, I, you know, in 15 months when I retire, I am absolutely going to be using CBD because there are so many different. Let me tell you, let me tell you, really, like, so I told you I was medically retired, right? Well, one of the things in the military, I lost my kidney, so one of them. Thankfully, I have two or had to. Um, and I have like a lot of mileage on my body and I can't take painkillers because I have one kidney. So when I take this, whether it's the, we have a tincture, which is like an oil, uh, we have a muscle balm and then we have a drink, a recovery drink. And for me, when I take those products, um, and actually the proof really is in the products. Everyone I've given a sample of the drink to, if they have a couple of bottles, they report like they report like if their shoulders are hurt and they feel better, right? If they're back and their back or their ankle or whatever, I've just, you know, I didn't believe it at first myself uh, until I you know, started using it. So I, I'm a big believer and it's, to me, it's, it's always better than taking a bunch of vitamin M, right? A bunch of Motrin. So, uh, the Motrin, the everything that deals with the liver, your kidneys, everything else Motrin deals with. Uh -huh. And it's even, it's better than dealing with the, anything else that the doctor may prescribe that totally natural it, 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 to me, natural is better, sleep. man. Yeah. It, it even helps you sleep. Right. So it's better than, you know, I think the, the military, as you can attest, uh, there's people that get hooked on sleeping meds. There's people that get yeah. hooked on painkillers. There's people that mix their sleeping meds, meds their painkillers, and their alcohol, things like that. So uh, I just, you know, I don't understand. I know there's people talking about it, but I think it's the National Defense Authorization Act or whatever that prohibits the use of CBD. Yeah, um, and that's the same. My wife, my wife's a recruiter. Well, she was a recruiter applicant coordinator for the bureau. And they, you can't even get a massage with CBD oil. So yeah. it really needs a change because, you know, oh, man, I can go all day long. But well, and ours, I would say, too, part of it is there's there's a stigma to it, obviously. Uh -huh. Our, it's important to us. Um, it, it, it was and still is important to us that, our, that we are 0% THC. Uh -huh. So 
you know, there's different spectrums of CBD, whether it's an isolate, a broad spectrum, a full spectrum or, or performance spectrum or whatever. Ours, ours is 0% THC, right? And that's important to us because to Terrell, um, we wanted to have a product. Uh, he, Terrell's always been drug-free. It's been important to him. Obviously, same thing is important to me, but we wanted to have a product that when, you know, when athletes were allowed to use it, they would get the benefits of CBD without having, uh, you know, the psychoactive response of THC. And if you have it in your house and, you know, your kids have, have one or two bottles they're you know, they, we don't want them to get high from it. Right. That's uh, you know, that's just a different market altogether. We are a performance brand. We're not it's, a relaxing brand. CBD is so misunderstood yeah. by certain generations and, and my generation included my generation plus. I, um, me, I understand. I it. Yeah. I didn't, when I, you know, when I first heard about it, I'm like, yeah, I'm not into drugs. No, thanks. Mm -hmm. So part of it is education, right? I became more educated and I did learn not all CBD is equal, right? There's some of it out there that is snake oil and there are some CBDs out there that have THC in them, you know, it, or there's some mixtures that would have some of that in there. Um, but not, not ours. So. I like yours. I'm liking this. I'm like, I'm digging it. It's, Cause I like that on there, it says black owned woman owned veteran owned. So yeah, you have a whole spectrum and you're not just catering to one, you know, that's one thing about these silos. I hate that word silos. I do all this lean six Sigma crap all the time. So like, silos is this, but the silo isn't just the veteran community. You know, you do have, you know, a footprint and foothold into the law enforcement community, the athletic community really? and the veteran community. So why, where can we pick up Defy and uh, is it all basically online or you guys? No, it's a great question. Yeah, it's a great question. So on the website, it does show the different stores we're in. Um, there are some stores that we're in on like water is being picked up uh, by a bunch of stores uh, and our boost is going to be picked up in a, in a pretty major account soon. I don't want to say it, uh, which store, um, and then we have certain stores where that in states where CBD is now authorized. Um, it's really hard to say. I don't know, you know, the, the, your listenership, where it all comes from. But on the website, it'll show. Uh, which, yeah, we'll put links to that as well. Yep. yep. And a big thing, a big thing, you know, there's a lot of performance products out there, you know, water and sports drinks, mm -hmm. things like that. And our water in particular um, is, you know, there, there's lots of uh good waters out there now, like alkaline water, non-alkaline water, whatever. I, what makes people always ask me what makes ours different? Well, we donate a portion of proceeds back to the black women and veteran communities. Um, so a portion of every, you know, every bottle sold goes to those communities and to your audience, for your audience's perspective, the, uh, the veteran charity that I chose uh, is DAV and that's just disabled American yeah. veterans. And why I chose them, uh, I told you earlier that I had gone 10 years without having a proper rating with the VA. Well, I went back to the DA, I, when my wife encouraged me to refile with the VA, it was a daunting process for me. I didn't want to touch it, but I went through the disabled American veterans and I did a couple of meetings, a couple of interviews. I signed a power of attorney. I'm telling you, it was less than, it was two, two months. It was less than three months more than two. So let's call it two and a half months. They came back to me. They had set up everything two and a half months later after all these appointments and such. 
uh, the VA came back, I was 100% disabled by the VA. Now, you that know what? Been I, something I, I, I had earned a while ago that I was yep. not benefiting from. So, Eric, I, I got to, I got to, I'm, I'm over here shaking my head and smiling. I'm like, that's exactly what I tell everybody. Because, I, same thing with me. I got out years later, I went to the DAV, signed up, became a life member or whatever. It was, it wasn't, it wasn't yeah. crazy expensive or anything, but it's worth it. And they did everything, you know, the last one of the, I had to do something for uh, the VA and they actually had an office in the main VA building there. I went downstairs, talked to them, boom, they take care of everything. I am so glad when you brought up DAV and I saw that in your little, your bio, uh, they sent me, I was like, you know what? Uh, That is an excellent cause. And that is something I tell everybody out there. I'm like, when you're going to go, don't you bore the the battle. You were injured, whether that's in a non- combat combat stateside overseas wherever training whatever whatever you uh you did you went above and beyond you were entitled to it check out dav disabled american veterans and i really like that you guys are giving to other causes not just you know and and we work with we work with other military charities there's so many good ones out there like we've partnered with uh, team red white and blue on some workout stuff uh done some work with team rubicon um, there's just, a, there's awesome ones out there. And, you know, I think they're all great. And I think it's, you know, I think it's great. Like, you know, that people nowadays support these military charities cause they all really do. They all really do help. And they're like, most of them are really, really good and really well run, um, for this, for our water in particular, I chose the DAV just cause of what they did for me. And, uh, I know they've done that for others. Well, I really like what you got going on, man. I'm glad you came on the show today. Yeah, we're definitely going to check out Defy. We're going to follow you. I'm sure you're all over this. I'm I'm following Defy now on Instagram, so I better get a follow back there, Defy. And then, uh, yeah, man, we're gonna we're gonna talk about this. And then I appreciate you coming on the show, man. Anything else you wanted to click on? No, I think that's uh, you know, I think that's it. Um, I think we covered everything. Thank you. Awesome, brother. I appreciate you. I appreciate your service, man. I appreciate you really you know, getting back and finding your mission. So this is really cool, brother. Cool, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks.